Welcome to the Windy City Bender Podcast with your hosts, Noli, Boatsy, Jerem, and Tanner. Welcome to episode 89 of the Windy City Bender Podcast. Uh, today is going to be a Jerem solo episode. Uh, so I apologize for anybody that hates listening to me talk. Uh, but you are going to be stuck with me for a little bit today. Um, everybody is kind of out doing their own thing today. There's not much hockey talk going on or hot stock going on. So I figured I'll just do this one on my own and uh, see how it goes. Can't be any worse than the than the last one. So um, let's see. Back on Saturday, the Hawks were back on the ice after their long all-star break and the uh, bye week. Um, they faced the Arizona Coyotes who are the team that's currently in front of them in the standing. So this is this was a big one, and it was a good one for them to come back after having such a nice little uh, streak going into the All-Star break. Unfortunately, they lost that last game, but they showed a lot of progress, showed that this is potentially going to be a threat in the playoffs. Um, so um, this was actually a f- absolutely fantastic game. Um, a lot of back and forth, a lot of goaltending duel um we'll get into that in a second um but some good news for the hawks dylan Strom was back in the lineup after missing uh quite a few games with the ankle sprain i believe that's what they called it um before we before we talk about it let's just say it every time the hawks play arizona or every time these jerseys are used but coyotes please bring back the kachina jerseys full time please those are the most gorgeous jerseys i've ever seen the best logo. There's just everything about it is awesome. Got to go back to that full time white, um, and then wear the dark ones for your home all the time. Um, but yeah, so this was a three two, three two shootout win for the Hawks. Um, a couple things I took away from it um, here was Brandon Saad is still fucking tearing it up this year. He has been just absolutely dominating. Um, since he came back from injury, um, he scored two goals, the two regulation goals um, for the Hawks on Saturday. Um, I believe that would made it like seven goals in the last eight games. Um, he's just he's just knowing he's feeling it. he knows where to be. Um, everything's going in. His first goal was an absolute snipe. Um, his second goal was great awareness from uh, Patrick Kane, the feet in front. He didn't get all of it, a little knuckle puck, but, hey, they don't ask how, they ask how many of them, all right? Um, but, yeah, so Brandon Saad is, you know, he's slowly l- working back to what we kind of expect from him. Um, I know he's kind of – he's fallen off a little bit since he's come back to Chicago. Um, hasn't really been able to find his footing as the player that he was uh, when we originally traded him. Um, because we thought we weren't going to be able to afford him, but, um, he's, it's good to see him slowly, you know, getting back. I just don't, I don't know if it's just, he's more comfortable with the role he's in. He's kind of not putting as much pressure on himself to go out there and contribute, um, in a high scoring, um, role, but, you know, just kind of, you know, go out there, do what you got to do, um, to get the job done. Um, but now you look at the other end of the spectrum on there for the Hawks lineup, you have Alex to who, just continues to struggle. I mean, this guy cannot buy himself a goal. Um, and everybody I know kind of gets on him for, you know, not pr- um, producing when he's getting paid what he's getting paid. But you know what? It's not 
that he's bad or he's not playing great. It's just the fact that he has no puck luck right now. He is in the right position almost every time um, he's getting in there. He had eight shots on goal on Friday, on Saturday, which let me pull this up really quick. I believe was close to the team lead um, for that game. Um, but you know what? Once he actually gets that, he once he gets that first goal, he is just it's just gonna you know come off and it's just gonna go. He's gonna score 10, 20, you know, not this year, but he's just just gonna go off and he's just going to bury the puck. He's gonna get that confidence back. Um, he's hanging in there. Um, and yeah, he did have a team leading eight goals or eight shots on goal. So, um, he's you know, he's trying, he's getting his confidence back i think and it's just a matter of getting that first goal um to get the monkey off the back you know um once you get that one in you're he's gonna be fine um you know he's just saving it for this this playoff run you know once <laughs> once we get into a playoff position he's gonna come up and he's gonna come up big and he's gonna do to bring it stuff and we're gonna be screaming brincy cat every game it's gonna be great um so let's see some other highlights or you know things i kind of noticed watching that game um the the ali mata slater cuckoo uh defensive pairing kind of showed a little bit um about their normal you know their normal play um the second goal um that the hawks led up it was just it was not i don't know what exactly happened what was the mental breakdown there between um cuckoo and mata um, Garland was coming down the ice, coming hard, uh, and Slater Cuckoo decided to flip sides with Ali Mata. I don't know if he thought that he was going to get beat and there was no chance, so he was expecting Mata to step up or what was going on, but he gave um, uh, Granlin all that opportunity or all that space, you know, to put the puck on that and obviously gets the game-tying goal. Um, you know, it's you know it's kind of the stuff you expect from your – from your lower pair um they've been playing great hockey so it's not like nothing you should really be too concerned about i don't think yet um you know it was you know just learning learning pains that's all um hopefully though um they'll keep it up because i think that that was probably that is one of the best pairing that we've had um in the past what was it five or six games that we went on that nice little run um, they're looking good and they're, you know, they're filling the roles, right? So hopefully, you know, just a little hiccup that game. Um, and I can't believe I'm going to praise this, but the goaltending in this game, holy shit. It was unfucking real. Um, lots of shots on that. Um, the Hawks put on 44, uh, Coyotes put on 42, um, back and forth Crow and Ranta, just answering each other, one up in each other with saves. Um, Ronsa probably had the save of the game though, with about five minutes left in the third period. Um, he goes down. I fuck, I forgot who that was that shot it, but wide open net, you know, goes in and Ronsa just tosses his legs up, scorpion save style, just hits the back of his leg, saves probably the go ahead goal um, for the Coyote or for the Hawks, but holy shit. Um, Goaltending is fun. It is great to watch when you have two goaltenders like that trading saves back and forth. Um, Crow is, you know, really stepping up, um, showing 
looking vintage, you know, vintage uh, Crawford out there. Um, I don't know if he's playing, you know, to prove that he still belongs on this team. Um, trying to get, you know, that contract next year. If he's playing to prove to a team out there at the deadline that might need a goaltender, that he's ready to go. He is going to be the man for, for that team in the playoffs. Whatever he's doing, he needs to keep it up because you know what? He's done a lot for this organization. Um, personally, I think his time is going to be done in Chicago. So if he can, you know, play his way into a, a contra- good contract for next year, you know, good for him. Um, he's been through a lot the past couple of years um, with his injuries and all that. So um, the more he can do for himself to, um, you know, really make sure he gets a job next year, you know, more power to him. And if it ends up benefiting us, he gets us into the playoffs, um, then that's even better. Um, yes. But the goaltending was unreal. Um, takes it all the way, especially the three-on-three overtime. That three-on-three overtime is exactly why I think they needed to extend overtime. The back and forth, um, you know, opportunities back and forth. Both uh, teams getting shots. I think almost every shot that was taken could have been a game winner. But um, unfortunately, you know, five minutes go by, no goals. Then we have to go down to the skills competition, a.k.a. the shootout. I talk shit about the shootout, but then I remember we got Patrick Kane um, and Jonathan Taves on our team who are believe they're top two. They're two out of the three top goal scorers in the shootout since it was adapted. Um, Taves leads the most. Um, Kane is in third. And I want to say Franzen. Sorry, great podcast in here. Let me look this up real quick. Um, yeah, Taves is obviously number one. Oh, come on. Jonathan Taves has 49 shootout goals. Uh, he's tied with uh, Franz Nielsen with 49. Patrick Kane's got 46. Um, so, you know, those two are – it's a pretty good chance that they're going to put the puck in the net and – Wow, they did not disappoint on Saturday. Uh, Jonathan Taves, you know, pulled his best. Patrick Kane, little slow down, you know, do little millions to candles, you know, buries it, even falls down a little Bobby Orr in there. And then Patrick Kane just fucking comes in, does Patrick Kane shit, goes down. Um, you almost think that he ran out of room. He was almost at the goal line and he just flicked it backhand into the net. Um, kind of feel for Rats on that, you know. Nothing is more demoralizing than have playing one, an amazing game and then just getting absolutely destroyed one-two in the shootout. Um, but yeah, so on the bats of Kane and Taze in the shootout, which by the way, both amazing shootout goals. I feel Taves is not getting enough uh respect for uh his goal or you know it's much credit for his goal i uh re-watched the condensed version of the game before recording just to make sure i kind of hit on everything big and they skipped his in the shootout i don't understand why um it was an absolutely filthy goal and would easily be up there goal of the year category but um yeah so that's the tots walk away with two points it's a little disappointing that they didn't get this win in overtime or in regulation just because the fact that they are fighting for that last wild card spot the coyotes are the one in front of them as of this recording at 7 30 on monday night the um, they are currently three points behind the coyotes in that wild card spot 
you get that win in regulation and you're only two points out, I believe the Hawks have two games in hand as well on the Coyotes. So for the wild card position, you know, the Hawks, everything is in the Hawks' hands right now. They are the ones that control their fate. They keep on winning, you know, don't worry about what the Coyotes are doing. As long as you keep winning, you're going to put yourself in the position to make that playoff spot. Um, There's also kind of reports going around that after the game on Saturday in the locker room, you could hear um, ACDC long way to the top blasting in the locker room, um, giving a real big playoff vibe. So uh, ACDC is this year's Gloria for the Hawks. I mean, St. Louis can do it. You know, why can't we pick up a song to absolutely uh, go out and uh, and what a banger too. So um, let's see if that gets any steam around, uh, <laughs> build up around the Hawks. But um, yeah, big two points on Saturday. Um, Great to come back from that long, long uh, break and kind of pick up where you guys left, where they left off. Um, coming up this week, they have a lot, um, a lot of big games. Um, on tomorrow or tonight, um, you're going to see them be playing Minnesota in Minnesota, which is a game they need to win. That's going to have all the makings of a trap game. Minnesota um, really is free falling out of the playoff picture. They currently are at 52 points. Um, so, I mean, they're still in it, but they're 4-5-1 and one in their last 10. So, really, I mean, they are going to be playing spo- trying to play spoiler, um, and they need to claw back in. They have one game in hand on the Hawks, too. So, this is a huge game for them. So, you know that they're going to be coming out um, really trying to make a statement and, you know, try to get back up in the standings. Um, then on Wednesday in Chicago, the Boston Bruins come to town, which we, um, we beat them earlier in the year. Um, but you know, this team, that team is a powerhouse. Um, they are currently second in the Eastern conference, actually second division, the second in the NHL, uh, with 74 points during a three game win streak. Um, they're just a juggernaut and it's hard to not picture them being, um, a Stanley cup favorite. Uh, once again, as much as that pains me to say, just because I cannot stand Marchant. But um, that's another game, too. And then Boston's going to be looking for a little payback for that last game and us being them on their home ice when we were almost the first team to beat them on their home ice in regulation until we had the, the third period uh, meltdown. Um, so that'll be a fun game. It's always great seeing two original six teams play. And then on Sunday, they walk, or they go back up to Winnipeg to play the Jets. Uh, let's see. The Jets are kind of in the same situation as the Wild. Um, they're all, we're actually tied with the Jets right now, 56 points. Um, we do have a game in hand on the, on them, though. So um, that's another game you got to win, you know, to keep you know separation going for you. Um, the division is close. Um, right now the Hawks are six points out of the third division spot. Um, Winnipeg is as well, six points out. Nashville's got 55 points, so they're seven points out. I mean, and even Minnesota has a chance to get back in this. Um, so there are 30 games left, and the Hawks have got to, you know, win as many as possible. And you know what? If they're not going to get the win, they got to get it to overtime, at least get a point. Um every single point at this at this part of the season is is important and um if they want to be 
in this race and they want to be taken seriously, they have to go out and be the Hawks that we know that they are. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. We're going to save this until um, get some of the guys back, but we've got the trade deadline coming up. Um, I did do a nice, I'm doing a couple of blogs this week. Um, to, on Monday, I posted um, a little hypothetical. What if the Hawks were buyers? And I threw a couple names out there. Um, anybody listen to this that read it, Listen, before you like jump on my throat saying, you know, these players don't make sense and all this, I don't believe any of those players truly do make sense. Um, they're interesting picks. They're all unrestricted free agents. They're all guys that I don't think would cost too much for the Hawks to pick up. Um, I don't necessarily think they should go out and get these guys. I don't necessarily think they should be buyers. Um, I'll talk and I have another article coming out on Wednesday about what the Hawks end up being sellers. And then on Friday, I'm going to post talking about, um, what I think they should be doing. Um, I know who am I to say, but you know, everybody's got their opinion. So I would like to put that out there. So, um, you can find that article and all those future articles, um, or blogs, not a really article, um, over on the website, wcbenders.com. Um, you'll also find all of our past episodes. You'll find a section for um, entering right pond questions. Um, contact us page if you guys have anything you want to reach out to us about. Um, and I th- we're going to be working on getting a subscription um, site going up so you guys can subscri- put in your email and you'll get email notifications whenever we post stuff. Um, yeah, so that's the website. Um, probably sick of hearing us talk, me talking about it, but it's a it's a cool little website i like it um and then t- on monday um the only really other hawks news that i'm going to talk about um the chicago black hawks place a claim for defenseman nick uh sealer i believe that's nick sealer i'm sure i'm going to get chirped by um the guys when they hear me butcher his name again um but he was placed on waivers from the minnesota wild he is a 26 year old uh said defenseman he's a former fifth round pick uh he signed through the 2021 season he currently has a seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollar cap hit he's being brought in to be a seventh defenseman a little add a little depth to the team a lot of people are trying to make more out of this i think than it really is um Stan Bowman has, this is on par with Stan Bowman's, you know, what he does. He likes finding these low risk guys that are cheap that, you know, might not be getting their chance with their, their team um, and puts that claim in and gets a, get a shot. Um, kind of what he did with uh, Cuckoo. Um, I believe that was the same way we got him. Um, he likes to find these guys that he can, you know, warp and prove that, that he, they are, you know, truly NHL caliber players. And then it helps put him, you know, a little pat on his back saying, Oh, see, look at, look what I, what I saw. I, it's not going to make or break this team. Um, my one question for that um, move though, is kind of what were they not seen with, um, what were they not seeing with Gilbert? Why, you know, why wasn't Gilbert playing that position? Do they want Gilbert playing more in the AHL and they can throw this guy as the seventh defenseman? I don't know. So um, it's kind of just going to have to see how it plays out. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he makes his debut on uh, on Tuesday in Minnesota. Um, some facts I found about, about him doing a little research on him. So he's from Minnesota. He grew up 
um, going to Minnesota Wild Games. He won two uh, state champion high school state championships um, in the Minnesota, uh, you know, state tournament, which is absolutely bananas. I want to go up to that uh, one year and check that out live. Um, he ended up being drafted in uh, at XL, um, made his de- home de- NHL debut there for his hometown. Um, so you know it's going to be tough, I think, for him to you know go from the team he cheered on as a kid to um, you know wearing a rival's sweater um, on the other side of the bench. So um, we'll see if Carlton will will put him in the lineup so he gets that opportunity. Um, so that's a couple things, you know, to kind of keep an eye out for. Um, yeah, other than that, I really, really don't want to uh, go too much into it, uh, more in the NHL. Um, I want to talk about the, the battle of Alberta being back, but I want the reaction from the boys. Um, that was absolutely bananas on Saturday. Um, you know, God, all right. Yeah. I'm not going to say much more. I'll save it for. Uh, when everybody else is back, um, I guess if we were, here's an NHL talk that news, um, you know, Ovechkin passed uh, Mark Messier for eighth overall on the all time goal list, and he is now sitting at 695 as of this recording. Um, he is 200 goals away from breaking Gretzky. Like we said before, I don't think it's a matter of when or if it's a matter of when now. Um, and I've always been an Ovechkin guy, probably the greatest pure goal scorer um, to ever play the game um, in the era that he's doing it to. It's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, he will He's going to be hitting 700 points in potentially 154 games. Um, so 700 goals in 154 games, it would be the fastest that any player in the 700 goal club have, have hit that rate, um, going from 600 to 700 and that hundred goals will be the fastest that he's ever scored in his career. Um, so this is very, very realistic that he's going to do it. Um, gotta say maybe four five, maybe six years. Um, the guy's... He's getting older, but you know what? His skill is not going down. Um, but, but yeah. So I will um, we'll cut this one short today. Um, just wanted to make sure you guys, you know, still remember us. We keep going every week. Um, hopefully, uh, Tanner is enjoying himself in Minnesota. Um, Poets and Oli will uh, we'll work on getting them back full time too here. Um, get all the guys together. Um, so yeah, remember um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google Play. I guess that's still a thing. I think I say that every week and it still surprises me. Um, find us on all there. Um, also find us on YouTube. Um, subscribe to our channel there. Um, link all the links for these will be in the are always in the description and in the info and all of our stuff on our websites. Find us on the website wcbenders.com go to apple podcast and find us re- review us um you can review us multiple times you know the more you review us the more um, recognition we get and the more our podcast grows and the more cool stuff we can do for you um just go to our facebook page too toss us a like there um give us a review on that page as well follow us on instagram on um, wc uh wcb podcast um twitter wcb podcast i'm trying trying my best to tweet more in there um but yeah other than that um thank you so much for tuning in um hopefully 
I wasn't too much of an annoyance for you guys and you guys made it through the whole whole uh, whole episode and for those that you are uh, thank you for your continued support and I will we will see you on the next one bye follow the boys on Twitter at WCB podcast on Instagram at WCB podcast and like them on Facebook the Windy City Benders podcast.